Welcome to episode number 91 of Nurses Living the Good Life. My name's Ann Conkley. I'm a certified nurse midwife and a certified life and business coach, and I'm so glad that you're here. In this week's episode, I have a total treat for you. And for those of you who love to listen to either an Aussie or a um, Irish bloke, like get on here and talk, you're going to be just pleasantly delighted with Liam Caswell, who is on Instagram as High Performance Nursing, has a podcast called High Performance Nursing, and then also um, has built a coaching service specifically for nurses, works with a lot of nurses and clients in Australia and some in Europe, now is living in, Euro- in, in Europe in Paris. And so I met Liam through the Life Coach School where we both got certified as life coaches. And then I met Liam in person in early September when both of us were in Dallas for the Life Coach School uh, Mastermind. And it was so exciting. I was so excited. I was in a room. We were going to see um, a business coach who both of us now use, Corinne Crabtree. And we were at a happy hour and I saw him across the room and I was like, there's this tall dude and that's got to be Liam. And I promptly walked over and I was just so excited to meet him. You know, when you, I don't know about you, but I've been in this business now, a remote business for about uh, four or five years. And sometimes I meet people who I have fallen in love with, so to speak, like as humans, uh, you know, on the internet, right? Like I, you know, you see them post and you comment on their posts or you cheer them on from the sidelines and like, do you know when you get to meet somebody and then all of a sudden you meet them in real life and you're like, oh my God, how exciting. It was so exciting to meet Liam and, um, and he has so many really good pearls of wisdom to share on this podcast. And I love that he is an example again of what's possible because he's done incredible things with his career, uh, with nursing in his back pocket. So tune in. You're going to love this conversation. Go follow uh, Liam on High Performance Nursing on Instagram and listen to his podcast. Subscribe to it, like it, share it with somebody who you think needs to hear it. I just know you're going to love him. So without further delay, here's Liam Caswell of High Performance Nursing and Liam Caswell Coaching. Hi, Liam. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. Liam Caswell, nurse and coach. Um, Let's start, please, if you would, by introducing yourself and telling people a little bit about who you are. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, So hi, everyone. My name is Liam Liam Caswell. I'm originally Scottish um, and I have a bit of an Australian twang as well. Um, I grew up in Scotland and I've spent half of my life living in Australia. And I currently eat croissants in France, Paris. <laughs> I'm currently living here at the moment. I'm a nurse by background. I've been a nurse for over 10 years. I trained in the UK in the NHS. Um, and I built, uh, obviously did my nursing degree and training there. And then I built my first few years of my nursing career in um, the Royal Berkshire, which is just outside London. And I was an ICU nurse, uh, medical admissions and planning nurse, um, like an extension to the ED. I think it's a little different in America. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, then I met my partner and moved to Australia. And the rest is history. And I've been there for like nearly 10 years or so. And in Australia, I just built my career. There were so many opportunities compared to the NHS in the UK. It was very interesting. So I got to Australia and I started to see all these different pathways and different routes that I could take my career. And I started to challenge the idea of like what was possible for me in my nursing career. I started tapping into education. I did like agency PRN work for a while. Um, these opportunities just kind of like kept landing on my lap, which was amazing. And I kept just taking them and being super opportunistic until I was able to get into like a senior nursing educator position where I was teaching advanced life support, um, 
and became a nursing educator for like 150 staff across five medical inpatient units. So I kept like layering my career and I got to the stage where I, of course, being a nurse that is uh, loves a bit of external validation and some achievement proof, like I went and got my master's and did my master's in international public health and did two masters at the same time, because why not? Um, and I did a, a master's in healthcare leadership and management, which then got me into um being a nurse unit manager and leading a team and a budget of a couple of million dollars and all of the things. Um, and from there, it's where kind of like my coaching life was born and where I started to really see the challenges that exist within healthcare. And I sometimes think when you're on the floor, you you don't really see everything. You see it, but you don't see it like full 360. And as you build your career, you start to see the layers and the challenges and the problems and the roadblocks and I was starting to burn out and I was exposed to coaching through my organization. Interestingly, probably not what you and I would call coaching and, but it was um, more mentorship, but it was guidance. It was support, which was lacking in my career up until that point. And I was like, oh my God, this is it. This is a thing. So I found a, a career coach myself external to my um, organization. I invested in myself. And I was trying to find a nurse career coach and I couldn't find them, could not find a nurse career coach in Australia at the time. So I hired this non-clinical coach and she had like a business HR background and the rest is history. One day we were just sitting there coaching and she said, what do you love doing? Like, what do you love doing in your nursing manager job? I said, I love empowering people. I love helping them see what's possible for them. And we kind of uncovered that I had I had been like the nursing career coach that I was searching for my whole career. I'd always been lifting people up and putting them on a pedestal when they couldn't see it for themselves and helping them apply, interview and land their next job. So that's my life story in like five minutes of how I've come to be a nurse career coach now working full time online traveling the world, so to speak, and having time and, you know, uh, location freedom, which I think is what we all want and crave. And it's pretty amazing. Uh, but it's also, as I'm sure we'll talk, it's um, it's all encompassing, right? And it's a whole different journey to being a clinician on the floor and um, building and becoming an online entrepreneur and a coach. Okay, let's, so now you, so when did you leave Australia and, and, um, uh, moved to Paris. When was it like, is this recently? I moved. Yeah. A year ago, just about a year ago. Yeah. Okay. So I'm here and just for a short term posting with my partner. When you were in Australia, excuse me, when you were in Australia, um, was most of your work online or did you, when you came to Paris, like everything went to fully virtual or yeah, so I started my coaching business about two and a half, three years ago. So I was still working clinically. I was working as a nurse unit manager um, and was super busy and then doing coaching in the evenings, trying to build my business. So I went full time about two year, a year and a half ago in my coaching business um, whilst I was still in Australia and then moved across to Paris. Of course, my brain offered lots of um, reasons why my business would fall fall apart when I moved to Paris because my audience is in Australia, but I've proved the opposite to be true and it's thriving and it's great. <laughs> what made you go back for a master's or for two? Oh, I think there's a couple of reasons. I think honestly, at the time I had this idea or perception that the master's was going to be the ticket. It was going to mm -hmm. be my way out of nursing and it was going to mm -hmm. open up all these doors. 
I talk about this a lot in my own podcast and my own work, this this um, need for proving my worth. I think that that's been a big theme of my career is I've been collecting all of these experiences and these certificates in the short time frame that I've been a nurse to prove and validate that I am worthy and capable. The little backstory to that is I graduated at 19 in Scotland as a nurse. So I went to university super young, just I kind of knew that I wanted to help people. And I just kind of like always had this desire to I can see it now in a reflection, like prove myself that I could do something, that I was worthy. I'm the first person to get a a degree in my family. Um, So I always felt like this need to show people that I I was capable, which ironically now as a coach, I totally understand that I see it now. And it's been like, it's part of the healing process, but that, that would be my honest answer. Um, And also genuinely, I was so interested in how we could inspire and motivate and engage our teams better as healthcare leaders because one thing that I just saw time and time again was just such poor leadership we promote clinicians who are great clinicians sometimes not great clinicians but they're usually Mm -hmm. good clinicians and they get promoted but it doesn't mean that they're a good manager Mm -hmm. so I was just surrounded by those people and I I just wanted to upskill myself and show people that leadership could be different. And I feel like during my time, I was able to do that. And the leadership masters just highlighted to me, wow, like there are so many gaps. We are not set up for success. Mm-mm. And we really do have to go out and get it ourselves because the longer we wait, the longer we just delay achieving what is actually possible for us in our clinical careers. Yeah. And I would say too, the longer we get complacent almost in a system that is, you know, wrought with passive aggressiveness, um, indecisiveness, um, people pleasing, placating, you know, all the things that really don't necessarily help us become more effective leaders, not necessarily of other people, but really of ourselves. Right. Um, Yeah. Wait. So when did you do life coach school? I did life coach school. I finished last year. I finished last year. So I started my coaching before I was a quote unquote coach, (laughs) which was Mm -hmm. challenging for me as a certificate collector. (laughs) It's very challenging, Um, but also empowering to validate the idea before I made a big investment in myself. And what made you choose life coach school? Interesting. Yeah. Theoretically, right. You were already doing the thing. I was already doing the thing. I really felt like I needed a coaching framework and methodology to take my clients through the process with. I felt like I was doing a lot of mentorship and giving advice and I could see knowing my own path, how much of it actually was on a much deeper level and that I wasn't really scratching the surface. And I had a couple of clients that weren't really getting the results. Like we would, I do career coaching. So they would, we'd update the resume. It would look amazing. We'd prep Mm -hmm. the hell out of them for interview. And then they go to the job and because of their lived experience and, you know, all of the things that we know and talk about in coaching, they weren't getting through. They were not able to move forward. So I saw that need in my own coaching and my career coach at the time who I hired initially, she just flippantly one day just said to me, you're going to love this podcast. And um, she said, oh, it's a life coach school. And I just binged every episode. I think everybody says that, but I literally binged mm-hmm. every episode um, and then made it a goal that I would be LCS certified. Yeah. And here we, here we are. How has it changed what you, how you coach? 
I think that it just gave me the, it gave me the tools to really validate myself in in what I offer to people. And it also allowed me to understand that I can tackle any problem that comes my way. I really do believe that to be true. And even more so, it allowed me to put anything we talk about the result line, like put anything in the result line and reverse engineer it, which is something that was completely new to me. I really did just believe that like the world just revolved around luck and, you know, I just had to be in the right place at the right time. Um, and now I can see that I can pick a goal and I can strategically work and move towards it. And for me and my clients, that has been a game changer. And it's so easy to process and to work through. So I really love that about that training. And it really, that training helped me um, heal myself. Uh, I still have so much healing to do. And I think that there are more layers to what LCS offer uh, and provide and that coach training provides. And that's kind of where I, where I am now, looking into the nervous system and trauma and healing those uh, parts of our, our system and our, our psyche. Because as clinicians, like we face, you know, primary and secondary trauma every single day. And sometimes I feel like the mindset tool is phenomenal, but sometimes it just doesn't cut through. Mm-hmm. What was interesting to you and appealing about entrepreneurship? And I know you said, you know, location freedom is, is, uh, something that you value, but what made you decide to go, you know, like, I mean, theoretically you had a great career, right. You could have gone the yeah. corporate ladder and Fine. probably been very successful and, you know, climbing the ranks as into mm. a, and I don't know if you guys have this in NHS or in Australia, but the ranks of like a sort a chief nursing officer, um, but what made you choose entrepreneurship? It's a great question. When I, I, I didn't mention this earlier because I was only in this job for like five weeks before I quit. But the very last nursing job that I took was uh, I was being paid 180000 Australian dollars a year, which is probably not huge in the, in the US. But in Australia, that's a very high nursing salary. And I was working in a clinical lead position for a corporate um, government agency in Australia. And I thought I'd made it. I was like, this is the dream. It's nine to five. It's like the Facebook offices in it. Like, you know, it was so fancy. There was coffee provided and it was good coffee as well. And it wasn't stale as shit. And it wasn't stale as shit. I got, uh, I didn't have to bring my own milk and all of the things were great. <laughs> and they provided lunch. Like it was incredible. And I was sitting there at this desk and I had a huge dose of imposter syndrome. I did not feel like I belonged there. I hadn't done this, the self-identity work to re-identify who I was in this role. And I was sitting there, I was being paid heaps of money. And my psychologist at the time just kept saying to me, Liam, like, you know, people would die for this job. Like probably not the best psychologist, but like people would die for this job. Like, you know, maybe you should just put up with it. And I just had this like real kind of like rock top moment. I call it rock top where like I hit the top of the 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 funnel and like the channel. And I was just like, if this is what it's like, where do I go from here? What is, what is going to happen from here? And I always had that vision, um, of being the CEO, of being the chief nursing officer, because I really had this passion to make such change. And in that moment, I just realized, Liam, you you can't do it in the system. You have to leave the system. You have wait, to wait, wait. Tell me, risk. tell me why. I'm sorry to cut you off, but I need. I think we let's just make sure it's very clear. Why can you not do it in the system? Oh my God! There are so. How long do you have? Yeah. Um, 
There is there are so many reasons why it just can't be done in the system. I do think that it, it, there is potential for change to be made in the system. That's not factually true from a coaching perspective. However, I just what I feel like needed to change and shift. I could only see it being done by external agencies coming in and offering something of value and being paid and remunerated well for that. And I wasn't ready to put in the time and the years and the decade that I have to wait for somebody to you know, leave or retire or whatever it takes to be able to have that impact because I was already burnt out, misaligned, stressed, and my nervous system was frazzled. So I wanted to create that safe space for myself to be able to then go out and do it. I don't know if that answers your question, but mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that um, for me, it was just this real realization that it's just not going to happen if you stay, not mm -hmm. for you. And I had this pool. My dad's an entrepreneur. My brother works within the family business. I just had this pool that I just had the capacity to create something of my own. Yeah, I think that maybe is um, strong a strong thread in many of us who just we know we can look at the system and you know take note of what it is and just accept it for what it is and then make a very informed choice on yes I'm going to commit and go all in and work like hell as an activist essentially in a mm. very old um patriarchal and I don't know if that's the same in NHS or in you know Australians um medical system but it certainly feels here that that's the case um and I it's I think it's a beautiful moment to look at it for what it is uh and then to make a choice right to have freedom mm. of choice and say I could choose to stay and invest the next 25 years trying to take a old system and step by step brick by brick change it yeah. Or I can go out and, you know, do something on my own and mm. start to build the bricks, lay the foundation of, you know, my empire and, and essentially in my solution, right. But, but not, you know, outside of the system. Um, mm. Yeah. Uh, okay. Tell me, so tell me what you do now in your business and kind of what you offer and, you know, who you typically tend to work with. So we are a nurse-led career coaching business that's how we pitch ourselves and we help nurses predominantly in Australia but we've had we have clients in the UK Ireland and New Zealand so hi if you're listening um and we've had somebody from the US as well that's worked with us which was awesome but we predominantly help nurses apply interview and land their next nursing role okay so whatever that might be whether they're climbing the ladder they're applying for the first graduate job they finally want to go for that nurse unit manager position but they've got all of the the imposter syndrome and the low self-confidence and the doubts and the fears we step them through the process and um, from start to finish and something that's unique about us is like we actually really do help them with the the cv and their cover letter and their sele selection criteria writing so we're a full service comprehensive career coaching business. And it's been really interesting, the evolution of that, because when I first started, I could not sell it for shit. Sorry if I'm not allowed to swear, but I could not. No, you sell can. That. Feel free. You're in good I company I could not here. sell that program to anyone. It was so difficult. It was so cheap. I could not even give it away for free. It was hilarious because- I Wait, wait, but what was it exactly? It was what? Like a- I was CV? helping nurses update the CV and I could literally could not sell it for like $200. I didn't have the skills. I didn't have the tools. I didn't know how to convey the value of it. Yeah. And I naively just thought people will just come like, like I open a business and they will all just flock. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to change the world. 
So that's been really interesting. And in the evolution of that offer, like we've been able to really try and make it irresistible. What I believe is irresistible, which is creating a safety net for nurses to invest in themselves. I don't think that we are trained or conditioned to believe that investing in ourselves is a good thing. That certainly was my experience. Mm -hmm. It's more like, oh, I've got to invest. I have to do this. It's not coming from that place of what is possible in abundance. So I had a lot of people that were kind of like resistant to investing in themselves because as caregivers, we're really great at looking after other people, but not so much ourselves. So I wanted to make it so that it was kind of like safe and almost guaranteed. So we work with our nurses until they land a job, which no one else in, in the industry and in career coaching that I know of offers. And I'm super proud of that. And also because I want nurses to come invest in themselves and have a really positive, amazing experience. Now, not everybody that comes and joins our programs lands their first job straight away. As you know, like sometimes there are panels and people that make interesting decisions. So we wanted to make it really safe for them to invest in themselves. So that's what we do currently. Um, within that, there are lots of little micro offers. Um, and one of the most interesting things that I found um, in the process is we get taught all the time as coaches, like people don't want to buy coaching. People don't want to buy coaching. They want to mm -hmm. buy something. And I've found that really to be true. And we we offer this CV cover letter selection criteria interview preparation service. But really what people need when they come to us is coaching. Mm -hmm. Like they have all the things and they just need coaching. So yeah, no, I agree that. I mean, I built, I think the first probably hundred grand I made in my business was off of doing resumes and CVs. And I would just, and I first did a like done for you. I would have people send and, um, you know, send me your resume and then send me your CV or I will take your resume and I will build a CV and I'd get together with them once or, you know, once or twice, or maybe even three times mm -hmm. to just refine it and be like, what did you do here in this role? And then from there, I took that and built, essentially took built templates and had mm. a Microsoft Word template uh, for a resume and one for a CV and then started to get fancy with Canva. And I was like, let's make these look good. You know, if we can, why not? Um, it, right. Like you could have both, right. You could have like a beautiful, aesthetically, you know, gorgeous mm. resume. You could have a traditional one on Microsoft Word and then a full fucking CV where we're just like, we're going to take every fucking thing that you've done and in every way that you've created in you your career. It. And we're going to, we're going to make the longest five, eight, 10 page document that literally tells what you have done over your professional journey. And I love that. I think it's a beautiful exercise to do mm. in mm. general, because it's a, it's incredible to be able to look back and, and, and by and large, all of those clients would look back and be like, wow, like, I'm, I'm shit. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, you are <laughs> like, you've been, you've done incredible things. Like, and we don't often, I think, stop and take a pause and give ourselves credit for all that value that we have mm. created time and time again. Um, so, but I love that. And we, it's so funny that you say that we, um, I think when I, and I have to chuckle in that when I launched my first group, I was like, the people will come. And I always tell my clients, I'm like, I got no DMS, no emails, no phone calls, yeah. no anything. And I was totally crushed. And I was like, this is never going to work. <laughs> and then from there, you know, and then from there, I was like, well, I got to get some more skills. Like I gotta, I don't know yeah. what in the hell I'm doing. So let me go and figure it out from people who do. And that kind of put me mm. on my path to figuring out, you know, how to build an offer and how to, 
you know, take what you have and and talk about it. Right. And if coaching doesn't really sell, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, if it doesn't in your case, then what are you going to do about it? Well, then we start talking mm. about results and, you know, and mm. so I love that you showed that. Cause I think it's a, um, you know, it's a great service, I think just to, you know, use, and it's so valuable. Um, you know, it's great for us. I think as on as entrepreneurs, we still actually have an online course that we sell where Makes we sell sense. resume and CV templates and instructional videos and how to do your LinkedIn profile and all the things, right. Creating the reference mm. letter and doing, you know, using, incorporating your strengths into it. And, you know, and I still think that's a great, it's a great, it's an inexpensive program with a lot of value mm. in it. And I think could be good for, you know, anybody. Um, okay. Um, all right. So what, tell me this. I know a little bit because I've seen some of your pictures on Facebook in terms of how you travel. And I think you just posted something like 10, 10 trips in 10 months, something like that. Yeah. Yes. This year has been quite unique. Yeah. Um, well, my partner got posted here um, for a government agency and um, we're in Paris at the moment. So it's it's amazing. We're so close to everything. In Australia, you're so far away from everything. Mm. Everything is minimum eight to 10 hour flight. And it's usually quite expensive. So we've really tried to make the most of it this year. And what's been awesome about that is I've been able to hop over to the US for a couple of, you know, I met you in the US, in Dallas, and I was in Miami, in New York. Um, and then we've been, you know, Edinburgh, the UK, London, uh, we've been to Barcelona, we just came back from Portugal, we've just been to Rome for a weekend. Um, where else have we been? All the places, I can't even remember, Istanbul, uh, and it's been really awesome. And because I work online, I can do all of the things from there. And because I've been able to build my business so much so that like we do have our, our main offering is a group program. I'm not stuck on calls every single day and, you know, I'm having to be there all the time for people. Like we have the processes built and the systems, which just takes time. And like Liam two years ago would have been like, oh my goodness, how do you do all of these things? But now it's just second nature. Like you say, I think becoming an entrepreneur highlights that skill gap from, yes, I've got amazing transferable skills from being a nurse, but now in order to get to the goal, I just have to skill stack and work towards that. And that has allowed me now the time and location freedom. And also this time of being in Paris has allowed me to see that my offer is like more global than I thought it was. Cause mm -hmm. originally I was like, Oh, I just serve Australian nurses. And now I've got people in the UK that are coming and um, mm -hmm. that's always great. Right. Cause there are 9 billion people on the earth and you want to make sure that well, I want to serve them. Like you said earlier, I really do feel like the work that we do is a movement. It is that activism movement. We're advocating for change that is just long, long overture. And mm -hmm. to be able to do that from anywhere in the world is pretty, pretty special. Is there any, that sounds like, you know, this is called the Nurses Living the Good Life podcast for a reason. So is that your version of living a good life? Is there anything else that really makes, mm. like that defines living the good life for you? Oh, I love that. Um, I think for me, it really does come down to the uncapped potential and possibility within what I'm creating that allows me to, I think, live the good life. I'll, I'll be upfront and honest. I pay myself the least amount of money that I have ever made in my life and career. You know, just because we make X amount of dollars, it doesn't mean that that's what I'm personally taking home. But I absolutely love what I do. 
And it kind of almost allows me to tolerate the, the lower income level because I just see such longevity in what I'm creating versus where I was hitting rock top in the industry. So for me, the good life is like being able to get up when I want to get up and being able to organize my schedule, being able to not have to ask for leave for anything that is like the best thing. And just having that flexibility. I always feel like I've got something to work on, which for me is just, I love that. I'm, I'm so for that. Yeah. And being able to sit in the airport and be like, oh, I'm on Canva just creating this and I'm going to put it out or I'm going to quickly record this podcast when I'm out walking because I can. I just love that flexibility and being able to break the rules <laughs> and mm-hmm. say what I want to say that I feel like I have held back for 10 plus years. And even still, I'm still learning how to say it and I'm still teetering on the edge and not wanting to ruffle feathers because I feel like we're kind of conditioned and trained to not do that. Yeah. And now I'm like, okay, I have a platform. I have a voice. People are listening. The Mm -hmm. time is now. Get over yourself, Liam. The time is now to speak your truth. And not everybody's going to love it and agree with it. But sometimes it just needs to be said, right? So I think that really is what I would define as living the good life. All of the things. (laughs) Yeah, all of the freedoms. Yeah, I mean, totally. right. This You will like, I think that um, 10X is better than 2X that we were talking mm. before we started recording. They talk about the um, freedom of time, um, you know, freedom of choice, freedom of location. And there's, I can't remember what the fourth freedom is, but um, for, I think for many people, and it's certainly my top core value is freedom. And I think for many of the entrepreneurs that I see, they are, you know, have something similar to what you've said and what I feel in my heart, which is mm-hmm. that sense of, I can't stand being told what to do. And, um, even to think of it just drives me fucking crazy. <laughs> and, um, and, and I love, I love the ability to, you know, pivot quickly, to innovate, to change things in a way that I never had the flexibility or I had limited flexibility to do even in a management Mm -hmm. role. Um, and so I, that book, I think will resonate with you. Um, not only because it's, I think it's a interesting book and, and, uh, but also just because I think that that core value is, um, is shared Mm. in that book and it's probably very similar to what, what you're talking about. Um, okay. If you had to give kind of any advice to, because we have a lot of people who listen to this podcast who are, uh, they are advanced practice nurses. They are mostly in the States. Many of them are either in clinical practice or they are, but they are budding entrepreneurs. They probably don't know it, but they're budding entrepreneurs. They want a little, a little bit more freedom. Mm. Um, and they're thinking about, you know, you, what you've done as an example of what's possible. Um, and so I wonder if you could give any advice to the people who are thinking about doing something like you've done, Mm. um, really doing like a, like, right. Going, getting two master's degrees and then taking this like five week position where you're like, I, this is, I am, I'm at the top (laughs) here, right. Your rock top moment. And then saying, wait, but if that's all it is, then I'm, mm. I'm out, you know, like peace out. So what kind of advice would you give to that person who's thinking and who's kind of still in that contemplative stage around, I don't know what, like, I, I clearly have a calling and I clearly have an interest and a desire mm. and I'm just so comfortable and stuck and unhappy, but I'm comfortable and it's a lot, it feels a lot easier. What do you tell them? Yeah. I love that. I think 
a couple of things come to mind. I think as clinicians, we are so good at collecting the evidence and making evidence-informed decisions about our patients and their care and their direction. When it comes to our personal lives, I feel like for me, I'm speaking from my lived experience, I am really good at indulging in the drama, in my mind drama. And I know that drama drama for me is a familiar term. I love theater and things like that, but I mean it with love and kindness and compassion. Mm -hmm. So I love looking at it through that lens of like, what is the data and what is the drama and being able to separate out the two. the other thing that I've really been leaning into recently is noticing my desires and allowing my desire to be the data, like allowing the desire to be the data that I need to move forward, like without the actual data being there, but like, oh, this is how you do it. These are the exact steps. You will 100% make $100,000 within the first 12 months. We don't have that certainty, but what we do have is the certainty of the desire and like that pool. And I think that more of us could lean into that and tap into that as the fuel and just trust a little bit more in that. And I think that comes from, if you're in that stuck, uncomfortable place, it's creating safety for yourself. Maybe that's space. Maybe that's dropping your errors if you can. Maybe that's taking some leave and just allowing yourself to play with that idea of what could be possible talking to Anne, you know, like creating that space where you then allow that desire to kind of like simmer up and pull you forwards. Like that's literally what we've all done, right? We've all just had this little nudge. There's nothing unique or special about any of us. We've just had a nudge and our tolerance for risk is just there. And we've just gone, okay, like, but we're betting on us. I think that what I'm learning about the nervous system and stress is that if we don't create that safety, it can be a bit, you know, overwhelming and all, all too soon. Um, if we do take that leap. So I would say like micro shifts, micro steps, uh, create safety, tune into your desire and mm-hmm. allow yourself to maybe just see that desire as actual data. It's evidence. Use that to propel you forwards. Yeah, that's what I would offer. I love it. It's like allowing yourself to want what you want. Right, yeah. And like it's there a- for a reason. Yeah. I really do feel like we... You know, we would never not act on our gut with our patients. We would mm-hmm. always act on that gut instinct. We'd be like, no, they're sick, doctor. Like, I want you to pay attention to me. And we just keep pushing and pushing. But yet when it comes to our own careers and our growth and our development, we kind of like just mute that channel. And I want us to like turn the volume up just a little bit and pay and tune into that so that we can then step into like what is actually for you. Because I believe if you have that, I know it sounds woo-woo, but if you have that nudge or that pull, I believe that you're meant to do it. Like it's 100% meant for you. And my coach used to say to me, again, probably not the most loving thing, but she used to say, you're a jerk if you don't make this happen. Like (laughs) she'd be like, you're a jerk if you don't follow this desire. Like you obviously are passionate about it. Lean into it, explore it, have fun with it, remove all of the pressure and see what happens. You've got nothing Mm -hmm. to lose and everything to gain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. Okay, um... Anything else you think that would be good to share or any kind of tidbits that you have picked up along the past couple of years as you've been coaching and as an entrepreneur, anything else you think would be useful? Um. Oh my goodness. Uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to say earlier that I think that one of the benefits of becoming a nurse who coaches in any way, shape or form is that your impact becomes global. 
Like it's huge, right? And the the ability for you to impact more people, like we're all here to serve in some way, shape or form, that ability just like 10 X's. And I think that that we maybe don't think about that as much. And we just think about our, our, our units or our patients or, but creating a presence, having a podcast like this, that ability to have an impact over people that you will never ever meet is just yeah. insane. It's incredible. And it's such a privilege and a gift and we all have the ability to do that. And you do it in your own way, shape, or form, right? It doesn't have to be a vodcast. It can be just a podcast. Like you can make it so that you can put your work out into the world and just have an impact that you never thought was possible. As an example, like I'm sure you have a similar story. When you start your podcast, like three people listen. Mm-hmm. And then as you build and you grow and you persevere and you're consistent and you show up and you just keep building belief in what you have to say is valuable then all of a sudden you've got 5,000 people a month listening Mm -hmm. and they're in 30 different countries and you're like, what is happening? And you just, Mm -hmm. it kind of breaks your brain a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that that idea of impact is so accessible to you and it's so fulfilling. And for me, the most fulfilling thing, you know, made six figures, had you know multiple six figure years over the last few years. That's all amazing. That's great. But for me, it's those micro shifts and moments with our clients that light me up or the email that's like, oh my God, I got the job. And I'm like, I've been holding belief for you since you joined. Like I knew you would. That for me is just like, it's like brushing a patient's hair and them, you know, just being so grateful. It's that real connection piece. That is why I choose to keep coaching and, and underpaying myself massively. But it's, it's so um, that's the transformation for me. And that's what lights me up now versus like collecting 500 certificates and outsourcing all of my work to, to bits right. of paper and, and numbers on my, yeah, you know, and, hoping, and hoping and praying that the certificate will be the thing <laughs> that gives you right. Like the, right. that the certificate, this piece of paper with like a signature on it right. will make you feel better. It will make you feel different. It will make, you know, like it will, make you feel confident. Like, you know, I love how, I mean, I'm the same way I love, and we talk about that so much in our community, this idea of, you know, becoming the people who love to get certified and just being intentional about the certifications and the trainings and the courses that we do so that we understand that, you know, we don't need them to feel better. We can actually Mm. do that right now. You know, we don't, right. They're lovely to have and, and often can be a source of opportunity and we don't need them to feel better right about ourselves. We can just do that now with our brains, which is you know, amazing. Yeah. Um, I love that. Okay. If people want to find you, how do they find you? What's your pot? What's the name of your podcast? High performance nursing is the name Ooh, of the podcast. Girl. Yes. Mm-hmm. High performance. I came up with that name because I felt like in the system, I was a high performer. It sounds very egotistical, but I just felt like I was a high performer and I was being treated like an underperformer, <laughs> you know, at every stage of my career. So it's all about how can we become a high-performing self? And I love what you said earlier, for us, like so that I can master my own self-leadership and the rest will just fall into place. So mm-hmm. it's got a heavy theme of that. And I interview amazing people like yourself on there. So I can't wait to have you on. Um, and you can find us on all social media platforms. You know what it's like 2023 uh, at High Performance Nursing. Uh, you'll find us everywhere. And liamcaswell.com is our website. Okay. I love that. All right. It was such a joy to have you on. I just thank you for being willing to come on and share 
you know, your story and what you do and to be an example of what's possible. It's so powerful. And I remember, you know, that one of the reasons that I got into entrepreneurship was because I saw a coach who talked about building a million dollar business. Um, and I was like, what, like, what? I could fucking do that. I mean, that was my thought that prompted literally has helped me build a business. It helped me. It was the thought that helped me build my second business, my private practice. And, and all because, you know, someone was willing to be um, Mm -hmm. an example, right. To go out and do it her own. She did it her own way. And to be an example of what was possible for me. And I, I just, I thank you for, for doing that. It's, it was a pleasure to meet you at, um, at LCS in Dallas. And I wish you all the best as you continue to move and build a global movement for high performance nursing. I think it's incredible. I love, I love all of it. So, um, okay. If you go find Liam, go find Liam, go listen to his podcast, go hit the subscribe button and, um, and then reach out to him if you need some help and you're looking for some you know, career coaching and you're a high performer. And if he, if he speaks to you in, in whatever <laughs> language and vibe he has, he might be your person. So I love that. Okay. All right. It. Liam, it was so, so nice. Much. It was so nice to have you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Pleasure. Thank you so much. And yeah, I look forward to connecting with everyone. Hey there, it's Anne. Remember when you decided to build your private practice and you were so excited and you resigned from your job and you were like, this is going to be amazing. And then you opened the doors and the patients started coming in and then they didn't stop coming. And then your private practice grew a ton. And then all of a sudden you were burnt out again. If this sounds familiar, you're going to want to check out the NP Business Accelerator, which is a business coaching program specifically for NPs in private practice. And it's designed to help you work less, make more, and use your business or private practice to live the good life. Like, come on, that's why we did this shit, right? So go to npbusinessaccelerator.com. Check it out. We are enrolling right now. We have a live kickoff event the first weekend in February down in Miami Beach. It will be epic. For those of you who know me, you know I love to travel and you know I love to have group events. So check it out. Again, go to npbusinessaccelerator.com and reach out if you have questions. Let's get to work and let's finally start to live the good life.